welcome to Sublira. I'm Shepard Bridgetower. And I'm Henry Dubois. Nice. Thanks for... Um, and we're still friends. <laughs> I almost forgot that line. Um, how are you going, Henry? I've been very well. Thank you, Shepard. Uh, feels like a long time since we last caught up for it this has. next segment. It um, has. Yeah, like it's been... Yeah, substantial, substantial. But it's been an amount of time, so it's nice to... Mm. Nice to catch up, nice to have a have a, a yarn, I believe they call it. <laughs> yeah, no, indeed. Yeah, have a chin wag, <laughs> talk about some stuff. Yeah, uh, just move, move the jaws up and down, <laughs> you know, wiggle the tongue. All the exactly. Yes. How have you, have you been? I've been quite well. I've been uh, relatively busy on the social front in oh, nice. the past two weeks. Um, yeah, meeting and greeting. Yeah, meeting and greeting, various people. Kissing babies. Yes. Doing all the good stuff. Exactly. Uh, meet new people. That's always yeah. fun too. Yeah, exactly. Um, what about you? Yeah, look, I've been, I mean, been preoccupied with more sort of mundane tasks, just more tasks that I have to do. Mm. Um, and yeah, I don't know, it's been, been good, you know, keep yourself somewhat busy, keep yourself mentally stimulated. Mm. And, uh, yeah, you know, do what you've got to do to pay the bills and all that kind of, you know, <laughs> yeah. adult stuff. So, yeah, no, it's been, it's been good, but, it's, yeah, nice to, to get, um, well, it's a, a couple of days, couple of days off. Mm. Just, you know, to do some R&R and, you know, catch up with some friends. <laughs> R&R. And, R. Mm. Mundane is not stuff. necessarily bad, though, right? Because it means predictability. That is, and, and look, and I, I, I like predictability more than most exactly. people. Um, exactly. But, like, the thing is, it's not, I mean, it's not so much... Sadly, like my sort of, you know, my, uh, you know, my mundane activities aren't necessarily predictable, mm. but they're just, I guess, mundane. <laughs> like, does that make sense? I don't know. So it's not, I mean, there's still, there's still a bit of uncertainty to them, which, which, you know, doesn't, uh, um, you know, which doesn't sit well, well, not doesn't sit well, but like, I prefer not to have it, mm. but you know, you can't have everything that you want in life. You know, I was talking about today, you know how like most jobs Actually, you you know about this. How are jobs advertised in terms of like the traits that they typically associate with a job? Mm. They talk mostly like, "Hey, this is a fast paced." Exactly. Like... It's never a slow paced job. Exactly. And I was <laughs> I was talking to I talked to a family member, and I'm like, I'm just like, do, you know, I asked them if they wanted a fast paced job because I'm like, not everyone like every job seems to be sort of built as like this super fast paced like you know interactive agile, exactly dynamic. agile exactly and I'm like, how. How, one, I don't think every job is like that. And two, I appreciate sure, like there's a group of people who don't want jobs like that. And I think I'm one of those people. Mm. Like I, I, well, no, I mean, not because I, well, not because I'm looking for a new job, but like the other day I was just, I just decided to search slow paced jobs. <laughs> <laughs> and I think the top search are like librarian and like, I can't remember the others, but like, Unemployment probably is slow paced. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's a bit of a slow pace. But like, I don't know. There must be. I don't know. Like, what? What's a slow paced job that comes to mind for you? Oh, that's a good question. Yeah. Honestly, I, no job comes to mind because I feel like from the adverts I've seen, yeah. every single job is fast paced. Like fast paced, and I don't even know all those like, yes. terms yeah. that they use. That kind exactly. of exactly. I mean, a librarian job could be fast paced too because you know you can be dealing with a high volume of customers and you need to find a book quickly, right? Or directly as quickly. So it could be fast paced. That is true. I had a quick, a quick uh, Google. So slow face jobs, freelance writer. That's okay. Slow-faced. Virtual friend. <laughs> that's a bit suspicious. Proofreader, artist, transcriptionist. Really? But those could be fast paced. Pet sitter, house sitter. 
could be fast paced. Yeah, I mean, how? if you're if you're a transcriptionist, yeah, I mean, you might be typing true. in chord. That could be fast paced. That's true. And if someone's a, like a really quick talk, exactly, that could then, be fast paced. Yeah, yeah, you know, a proofreader, you might have to do it within a certain timeline. Could be fast paced. Yeah, that's true. I mean, you probably don't want a slow paced proofreader because you have to pay them more by the hour, right? Well, I mean, well, I guess <laughs> that, that sort of depends on the T's and C's of their contract. Okay, so well, if that's it's just, true. If it's a if it's like a set on salary, but if it's like a you know, mm. a, a, a sort of pre 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 um pre agreed upon price, mm. then you know whatever, do <laughs> you whatever can be you slow like. Paced. Yeah, yeah. I feel uh, like yeah, that's true. I think I think in practice, though, most jobs are fast paced because they're KPIs. Apparently, funeral director is uh, <laughs> is one. There's animal caretaker again, pet sitting. If you if you want a slow paced job, pet sitting. But I'm not sure if that's necessarily slow paced because have you ever like <laughs> walked around? Actually, this one surprised me. It would surprise you. There must be people like around sort of your area. But, like, those people who just like walk a lot of dogs. Yes. That, I mean, I guess it's slow paced, but that doesn't seem like it's sort of devoid of anxiety. Because mm. one, I'm sure some of those dogs are like quite expensive. Yes. And then there are a lot of them. Exactly. And it's just like, I don't know, it yeah. just doesn't seem ideal. Just No. Uh, well, I mean, those would be slow paced, but it will be, they will need a dynamic, highly agile, yeah, adaptable yeah, exactly. person. Right? Yeah, like, and for some reason, you need leadership skills. Exactly. It's like, it's Communication dogs. skills with your dogs. Yeah, dude. exactly. Like, like, let me hear you woof. Like, exactly. Tell us about the three times you've woofed and people have, you know, been inspired. Exactly. <laughs> anyway, funeral directors, librarian, apparently, writer, hmm. accountant, oh, landscape designer, artist, painter, massage therapist, baker, res- researcher, oh, I guess so. Florist me- mechanic, interesting. Really, I want my car fixed within a couple of hours. Yeah. I don't want to sit there for a week. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> really, anyway, slow paced job. This is uh, one hell of a tangent that we've gone on. <laughs> um, so yeah, anyway, let's move on to our uh, regular programming. Mm-hmm. Brings us to our um, our business segment. Oh, sorry, mm-hmm. I'm not a businessman segment. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I guess so. We have well, I have <laughs> been. Um, contemplating the sort of old mechanism that you know that I, uh, I sort of seem to enjoy thinking about mm. a bit too much, um, but yeah, I think you know I was I was talking to to a family member recently, and I guess like the issue that 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 um that we you know we we talked about was the issue of um, raising capital, especially in um, in developing countries. And the idea that like it's really hard to raise capital in developing countries, um, is if if you if you're if you're a borrower, it tends to be quite expensive. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess if you're a bank lending money, you're like well, a lot of people that that, that you borrow to um, tend to be quite high risk. So you mm-hmm. know that's why you'd apply um, such high interest rates. Mm-hmm. And you know we're talking about like things like security mm-hmm. are much more. Um, complicated in, in sort of certain you know, certain developing countries and by security not not like whether it's war torn or not but like what do you use to um you, what do you what do you use to to you know to provide security for your for a loan that one takes mm. um and so yeah we think and then, and then you know there's also like a you know a high risk of of default which is reflected by the high cost of um high cost of borrowing however mm. to um yeah to sort of generate growth in these developing countries you would need you'd need financing. Mm. So yeah, I mean, from, from, from there, we, you know, I guess I start to think about like, if it was at all possible to um, implement the mechanism in this context and if it could potentially be used to to fix this issue of sort of um, uh, providing capital to high risk, to high risk individuals. Mm. Um, and so I guess, you know, after, after, you know, a sort of lengthy discussion, <laughs> the conclusion that 
not so much we, but I came to it. It seems <laughs> as though it can work, as in loans can be made to you know a range of individuals, and they might not even have to pay them back, but the people loaning the money won't actually care because they're still making money. No, that's an interesting concept. Exactly. Thanks, so, <laughs> so, love that. I mean, exactly. <laughs> so I was talking to um, someone, and they're just like, "Look, if this is true, just like, well, I mean, what?" what? <laughs> was the first response. <laughs> and then if it is, it's like kind of insane because you just like you just society will fall that, apart. Yeah, because everyone can just like borrow money and infinitely they don't care and about paying like, back. Yeah, and it's like who cares? Huh. Anyway, but. So I'm going to run <laughs> run you through it, Henry, and I'd like to yeah get some get some um, mm. get some feedback, get some, get some of your thoughts. So imagine if um, so I get a loan from you. Oh, let, let's let's sort of you know let's create a create a picture. So there's me and I'm getting a loan. Mm. There's you and you're part of market one, and then there's a second market, mm. right? So if um, if I get a loan from mm. you, let's say I get a loan of 10 bucks, mm. right? And then let's say it's whatever, 10% interest per annum. So you're going to get 11 bucks at, um, in, uh, at, at, at the end of the year. So in, mm. in one year's time. Mm. So now you take this contract that says that I owe you, um, $10 plus 10% interest, which is $11. Mm-hmm. And then so you sell it. You sell it in market one mm-hmm. and you get $11. Yes. So now you get $11 and you've bought, um, lent, lent me $10. Yes. So that means you make a profit of $1. One dollar. Mm. Now, let's say the person who buys it from you in market one goes to market two. Let's say for argument's sake, they sell that contract that they bought for $11. Let's say for $11.50, mm. right? Mm. And as part of that contract that they're selling to the person in market two, you will pay 50 cents to the buyer of that contract in market two, say in one month's time. Mm. So you, you take probably 50 cents mm. and then, um, and then in, in a month's time, you'll pay the person in market mm. the 50, 50 cents. Yes. So what should happen is because people can make a free 50 cents mm. if they buy in market one and sell in market two, mm. price in market one should rise. And because you can, buy in market two, which you can buy in market two, the, the exact same thing that's sold in market one, mm. the price in market two should also rise. Mm. So that should rise, 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 rise. And remember, you've got your, your money. Mm-hmm. So then if I default, you don't really care because you've got your money. Mm-hmm. Person in market one has got their money. Now the issue is the person in market two, mm. the person who bought the contract in market two, they're like, well, at the end of whatever, the, the period of the contract, they need the the money that they were they were promised mm-hmm. but what i would do is instead of them coming to me to get the money they can now become they can now take your position in market, market one, one. Mm-hmm. so if they go, go into market one then they can say they you know say their contract is worth twelve dollars now they can um go they, they, they can they can then set the price in market one for twelve dollars fifty so twelve dollars fifty oh sorry Let's say, sorry, if, if there's $2, they can sell, set the price of market two to $13 and then make their $1 profit. Well, they'll make more than a dollar profit, but let's say they make the dollar profit mm. and then they'll be able to split that dollar into 50 cents for themselves and then um, um, 50 cents to the, to the new person in market two. Mm. So the point is you've just created, you've just created this system. Mm. Um, and, and, and I guess the, the idea is like, assuming that the mechanism, which we've you know, discussed before, which is essentially... 
the market one, market two interaction mm. works in and of itself, you might as well just attach it to something, which in this case is the loan to mm. me to like bring about some sort of societal good, mm. you would think, and then just like let people make money off the mechanism. Mm. Thoughts? That is, that sounds quite exciting to be honest, because it sounds like this is a perpetual loop, really. Exactly. Um, I, I do have one question though, yeah. you know, you mentioned the market two person potentially setting it up to become $13. Yeah. How would they do that? So, I mean, yeah. So, so, I mean, so I guess how, in my mind, how it would work because in market, market two, the price should oh, theoretically just like increase based really, on market really one, high. Yeah. Mm. Then what I would do is I would standardize all the contracts and say everyone in market one sells all the contracts at, um, mm. at, like, you know, whatever. Oh, mm-hmm. What was the first price? I think $11. 12, $11. Yeah. So everyone sells at $11. Mm-hmm. So then say if, if you had... Um, well, essentially, yeah. I'd, I'd essentially just stand as all, all, all the contract to, to sell at $11. And with regards to setting a price, I think you can just literally just say the price is 11 bucks. It's like you, how you set a price for... Mm. I don't even know, other things. Yeah, but I guess my question stems more towards market... Well, relates more towards market two and yeah. what gives the person in market to that particular power. Because if they're buying the contract for $11 in the first place, yeah. and now they're selling for $12. Yeah. Okay. What? Well, okay. Yeah, no, no. Okay. So, 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 so in, um, once they're in market one, hmm. at least theoretically, people should be willing to pay any amount of money for it because assuming the system still holds, the price in market one should just increase until it's really, really high. Sure. Same as in market two. Sure. So really, like, all you're doing is setting a minimum price mm. in market one to make sure that people have enough profit to mm. pay the difference between market one and market two. Mm. So really, like, the price of market one will be much higher than than whatever, $11. But you just need to set a baseline mm. amount to guarantee a profit for the mechanism to keep going. And people will pay much higher than that because, mm. like, because that's how the mechanism, at least in, in theory, yeah. works. Yeah, it, and you mentioned in in the price in market one, for example. You know, you said in the example you provided, the the baseline minimum is eleven dollars, uh, yeah. and theoretically the price can keep increasing. Uh, in practice, do you think that's that will approach infinity, or do you I think mean, it'll be a natural? So, cap? so I think I think it's it's similar to what we discussed, um, oh, probably a, a few, mm. few podcasts ago. Like the 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 price should depend on the time it takes to trade, at least yeah. theoretically. Yes. The, 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 the time it takes to, to, to buy something in market one and sell in market, so market two. two yeah. So the, the shorter that time is, the higher that price should go. Because like you just, I mean, it, it's an arbitrage opportunity, mm. right? So like, yeah. So yeah. So the shorter it, it takes for, the, for, for you to buy something mm. in market one and sell in market two, the higher the price in market one mm. and market two should be. Mm. No, this is an intriguing idea. Mm. I guess the the other question I had was around the me- you know in this case you you're proposing that this mechanism could potentially uh, you know quote unquote solve the issue of high risk borrowers yeah. um, and make it safer for the lender. Mm. And I guess then you know can this mechanism apply to other scenarios? It sounds like yeah. It can. So literally, so I was actually I was talking to oh so I must say one thank you to all our listeners uh, and we got some like some genuinely really nice. Mm. Um, Nice feedback. feedback. Yeah, and essentially, like, there were, yeah, there were some really interesting thoughts about the mechanism. Mm. And essentially, like, one of my responses was, 
this mechanism can literally be applied to anything. Mm. Now, if you if you change the um the loan to a shirt, yes. so again, you know, say for example, now you buy a shirt for mm. for ten dollars, mm. you sell it for eleven dollars. Mm. Someone can sell the exact same shirt for eleven dollars fifty. Mm. You get your um fifty cents. Your yeah, exactly. Mm. You you with your one dollar, you mm. you give fifty cents, mm. and then you give you promise fifty cents in a month's time to whoever bought mm. the contract in market two. Mm. And then they can you can sort of keep on trading that shirt price will go up. And then whoever owns the shirt later on will just come back into hmm. market one and then do the same thing. So it's like, it can literally work for anything. I mean, think about a blank piece of paper. Literally just get a blank piece of paper. Hmm. And be like, hey, look, you give me $11 for this hmm. blank piece of paper. You can sell it to someone for $12 and I will pay them a dollar. Hmm. And then, at least in my mind, the same thing should hold. So the value isn't the, 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 the commodity that's... Or the, or no, yeah, isn't, 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 isn't the good that's being traded... The value is this in my mind is in like the mechanism, the mechanism yeah, and not the thing attached to it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm. So, like, so anything can have infinite value. Mm. I guess from the mechanism's perspective too, that you know the producer of the good, for example, or yeah. the lender might also ultimately want to get into this mechanism because if if I'm the what clothes producer, I probably want a share in this because if I'm just producing the clothes, yeah. I can make probably make more money from this mechanism of than course, actually producing exactly. clothes. No, literally all you do is just say so like I would stop even producing t-shirts. That's why I'll literally just like print off sheets of paper and write one, two, three, four, five. Like you just make just make some random thing up and just like chuck it in the mechanism and just let it keep going. But the idea is like, well what if you can actually use it to solve some actual some mm. you know some actual mm. problem. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Some food for thought there. That's, or you've yeah, thought something I mean, about this over food. Oh, uh, well, that, well, did I? Were we eating? Maybe. No, I think, well, actually, I think we were. I think we were. I think, <laughs> there we were. So, yeah, my, you know, the people I was having this discussion with, they'd um, come back from a walk and I think they went to a local kebab shop. Okay. So, well, just, you know, enjoying some, uh, post some meal. sort of mixture of lamb mm. and chicken. By the way, another thing that we're thinking about is, yeah, have you ever been to a kebab shop? Yes, and like, I have. You know how like the chicken is shaped yes. the exact same way as a lamb? Yes. You're thinking like, I mean, obviously, that's not how chicken and lamb are naturally shaped. No. So there must be like, a, you know, there must be people who just like get the, the meat of the chicken and lamb and yep. then just like shape it, shape into... it into, mm. into that shape. Which is... I wonder what the benefit of that is. I mean, I think like carving. Right? I mean, what, actually, oh, carving, And yes. then it cooks evenly. Yes, of course. Because I assume yeah. it's like the same. That's true. Um, it rotates around. Yeah, yeah it's the same. Thickness, yeah. yeah. I think radius. Yeah. It's like it's the same radius. And then yeah. it's, uh, yeah, it's a spit roast, I guess, or whatever they call mm. it. So, you that, know. That is yeah. true. So you actually do, I mean, practically you do need it to be the same thickness. Otherwise, if you like cooked a real chicken on a spit, that's the question. And then was that cooked on a spit? Like... In their sort of, you know, natural sort of... Uh, With the carcass shape. on, yeah. Yeah, it's like... They're more, I mean, it's, it's, you, you just can't get an even cook. Yeah, but you but I guess you get better flavours, right? Because it's still attached to the bone. Yeah, but like... Yeah, well, yeah, but... Yeah, but it's, it's not... Because some parts of the animal would be like fatter than others. Or like more Correct. meaty. Yeah. So then you're not going to get an even cook. Yeah, well, that, well, that's true. Yeah. That is true. I, I guess that's why in cooking they all say, you know, you need to rest... Whatever meat you're cooking, isn't that? That's, That's the Yeah, but like, won't some be more cooked than... Like, you'll still be like an uneven cook. Won't it? Yeah, that, that's a good point, actually. Oh, but... Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I wonder. I, I would assume that modern-day ovens have... Are intelligent enough to say, okay, well, if the coil is on the top, you know, they can adjust. Because aren't there ovens where they can adjust based on what 
thing you're cooking in the oven. So if yeah, you're roasting the, chicken, they'll say, okay, if the chicken chicken's facing this way, oh, really? the top's thicker. Yeah, I think that oh, they, I believe there are ovens that, that some, are intelligent enough oh, to do wow, that. Oh, wow, those are some yeah. fancy. I mean, that, <laughs> I think robots might take over the world. Like, if that's, <laughs> if that's oven technology, like... I'm uh, pretty sure there are technologies like that. I mean, those ovens cost a lot of money, so... I would assume so. <laughs> and it's yeah. so like, if, if you can spend that much money on an oven, surely you can either buy a cook or you are a cook. In yeah. which case, just look at your chicken and twist it yourself. Like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that, that is true. Anyway, hmm. that's, <laughs> I think we might have just like eased very nicely into our uh, what's cooking segment. But mm. let's just put a button on our biz- I'm not a business segment. Mm. That's, I think that's, a, I don't even know. That, I found that interesting. Um, thanks for uh, entertaining me, <laughs> Henry, and humoring that, you know, rather convoluted um, discussion. But yeah, if, you know, our listeners, one, thanks for the feedback. We really do appreciate it. And if you have any thoughts about, I guess, like how to sort of utilize the mechanism mm. and, you know, whether you think like utilizing it to sort of provide loans is, is useful and whether you think, you know, our conclusions are reasonable that, you know, mm. it's, it's like people who can sort of get loans and, and, and not pay them back, whether, I don't know, whether you think that's a reasonable conclusion, whether you think that's a useful conclusion, mm. I don't know, just let us know your thoughts. You can, yeah, like our Instagram at Sabalira, you can mm. email us, or you can just, you can, you can just sort of message us directly if you're so inclined. Indeed. Nonetheless. Indeed. So we're going to move on to our What's Cooking segment. Um, you had some interesting sh- uh, thoughts, Henry? Yes, I did. I mean, this is, I guess, broadly speaking, related to cooking. Um, yeah. I guess this thought stemmed from one very rainy afternoon. Yeah. Uh, that Which have been a lot late, lately, haven't they? No, yeah, exactly. I think in the past week, we've had every daily rain I pretty know. much, yeah. which is quite unusual. Yeah, I need to build an ark or something. <laughs> oh, exactly. Noah's ark, maybe. Yeah. But, yeah, so I, w- I was sitting outside one afternoon and um, yeah, I happened to... Park my vehicle and then I was sitting, there were some benches in, in the middle of the road. There's this nature strip, which mm. is quite, quite a large nature strip in, mm. in a residential street. Mm. So I thought, hmm, I've got lunch with me and I wanted to sit outside despite the heavy weather, the gloomy weather and sizzling rain, but then it stopped. Mm. So I thought, hmm, I'll just sit outside. Mm. But anyway, as, as, as I was eating my lunch on this chair, on this bench, I saw, I looked around me on the nature strip and I saw... Uh, sort of three, I guess, three boxes, if you like, filled with soil, and then there were vegetables growing. Well, initially, I didn't realize that they were vegetables. They just looked like some flowers and different colored things on there. Mm. But someone walked over, you know, uh, a tradesman walked over and inspected those things, and I and I thought, hmm, this is intriguing. This person's inspecting it. So I looked more closely, and I realized that there were vegetables growing on, on the nature strip. Yeah. Uh, and then moments later, uh, an old woman arrived home and it was obvious that she lived across the road from the nature strip as well. Mm. And she came over and said hello. And, you know, she was wondering why I was sitting outside on this quite cold day. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, she, she mentioned that she was here to get some spring onions and she said, you know, they're good when they're fresh. And then I thought to myself, hmm, this is quite an ingenious idea. Yeah. Planting uh, you know your vegetable garden on nature strips. Yeah. No, I think one, it's like it's a great use of space. Mm. Two, and like na- nature strips can be like the worst type of nature strips are the ones that are just like cement or that like are poorly kept. Mm. Mm. And so a great way to like to ensure that a nature strip is well kept is to like increase its utility mm. and like growing 
stuff in it, mm. like vegetables, not just stuff, but vegetables, mm. is a great way to ensure that it's well kept. Because like, mm, exactly, you know, if if it's grow, if it's providing you with your tomatoes or your lettuces or whatever, mm. like you you gonna you know want to keep it sort of in um in good shape. In, yeah, yeah, in um in good shape. So like, yeah, making at one, I think it's a great use of space. And two, I think you mentioned this earlier that like it's um a great way to sort of bring people together. Mm, indeed. Yeah. So it's creating that sort of you know, oh not. It's, it's creating a point of, of gathering, which I think is really important, especially like, mm. actually that's a good one. Like, especially if people start working from home, I reckon mm. things like that would be really, really good. Because exactly. if people work more from home, they're obviously in the office less. But they still mm. need to like, there needs to be like a new version of a water cooler. Exactly. And what a better like, you know, water cooler sort of um, uh, stand in than a veggie patch. Exactly. Mm. And yeah, that's exactly what I thought. And also, I think, or the you know the the fact that it's there also means then you know I, I think then people don't feel like they have to buy a, a truckload of you know um, frozen or refrigerated exactly. vegetables exactly. from the supermarket. And and everyone knows we are very anti um, frozen food. As <laughs> yes, that, you know, as 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 that lady who you saw with the exactly of packaged foods. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you're right. And and and, and, and you know, I think I was talking with someone and they're telling me how. Um, Lettuce is actually more expensive these days, apparently, mm. because of floods. Yeah, and so you know, you know, sort of planting your own uh, your own fruits and veggies would um, you know decrease the amount of money that you would spend on on um, on you know on these household items, and you would sort of like pr- you know sort of um, how to say it like proof you from you know the volatile market that is the <laughs> fruit and vegetable market. Exactly, so. exactly, and I think this also relates back to I guess. Uh, might have been a couple of episodes back when we mm. talked about uh, veggie patches. Actually, we discussed this. You know, people growing things on the land and that's you know, true. producing the foods yeah, that yeah. we eat today. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Because you're you're saying that the, the, exactly. the lady said that it was fresher, exactly. so there must be like a different a different taste. Although <laughs> that's a good. You reminded me of something. Else. So yes, I was having a conversation with um with some with some family members over the weekend, mm. and they were saying that apparently, like. I think it's either insecticide or pest. You know, if you spray a pesticide, I think mm. it's either sorry, it's either either a pesticide or an insecticide. Mm. If you spray that on tomatoes, mm. apparently it like alters the time that they ripen. So I think they mm. ripen slower. I think mm. so. That essentially means that you can sort of keep them for longer. Interesting. So some people are just like, spray. I don't know where, but <laughs> apparently people are just like spraying this stuff on their on their. Oh um, really? Yeah, oh, on, on, on their tomatoes to like increase their lifespan. But, like, the only way that we could think of to avoid such a, you know, just avoid eating, like, half tomato, half just, like, I don't know, random Cancerous reagents. Stuff. Yeah. The only way to do that is to, is to plant your own. But, like, that's obviously such a massive, um, like, undertaking for an individual. Mm. But for a community, like, it would be quite sensible um, mm. for everyone to sort of pitch in and plant their own vegetables to, you know, ensure that they're not sort of just engulfing just some, some, some carcinogens, you know? <laughs> exactly. And I thought, you know, people often describe about how these rooftop areas in the city ought to yeah. have, you know, uh, patches of green on the top of the roof. Maybe people can plant vegetables and make yeah. better use of well, nature strips. Yeah, there's actually, like, there's actually a, um, like an apartment block not, not too far from here. They have those, like, I don't know, like their vertical gardens, I think they'll call them. Oh. You know, like, you know where they're, like, it's, it's a wall, but they just, like, plants Just plants there, yeah. yeah. So I assume that's a vertical garden, right? Yeah, well, that's true. That's what the cool kids call it, oh, so. Yeah, the vertical garden. Yeah. Never heard that before, but yeah. sure. <laughs> imagine, imagine if you're living in your apartment with a vertical garden, making horizontal, horizontal money. money. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that 
that would be great. Exactly. That would create an acute angle, right? I reckon exactly. Well, yeah, that, I mean, that's the 90 degree angle you want. <laughs> By the way, I feel that that's, that, that, that sounds like a, like a podcast title. I think so, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It is true. Anyway, yeah. So do you, do you reckon you're going to be planting a, a veggie patch in your in your nature strip? Well, I see. I thought about that, you yeah. know, like genuinely, but I fear that that might actually be against council rules. That's the thing. It's like this is where regulation. <laughs> exactly. Like, I'm not, I'm, yeah, no, this isn't a political podcast, <laughs> but like I'm genuinely not anti, generally not anti-regulation. <laughs> but this is where it's like, you know, we should be allowed to plant veggie patches. In our nature strips, mm. but I can also see the sort of potential pitfalls in in, in <laughs> veggie patches. In like, I can see, I can essentially, I can see people planting more than just vegetables in yeah. the veggie patches. Well, that's true. And so, but actually, well, actually, no, I'm thinking about like, would people like be tempted to plant like you know illegal substances in their veggie patches? But you probably wouldn't because that's too obvious. Exactly. So then, what is the downside? I mean, you might get more pests. That's well, I mean, you yeah, might, and they then, might just eat all your crops. Yeah. Like squirrels, true. for example. Squir- or yeah, like possums. True. Then you just like, you well, you just put like a fence around or something. Yeah. Actually, my, my neighbor uh, has issues with possums because he has a, um, they have a massive uh, a fruit tree, a tree, fruit tree of sorts. And oh, it, yeah. the fruits all get eaten by possums and they've tried everything from nests. nests. Yeah. Oh. And nets and everything. And the possums just eat through the nets. Scarecrows. Oh no, not scarecrows! I mean, that, I they could possible. try that. Yeah, scarecrows to me seem more like scarecrow birds than, yeah. than possums. But you know, who knows? Maybe we stumbled across something. But jeez, oh. yeah, time really does fly. We are um, at at the half hour mark. Mm. So yeah, we'll you know, it's good being it's been it's been good catching up. No, it has been. No, thank you for the invitation back here. No, no worries. It you know, it's uh, yeah, we shouldn't shouldn't be too long before we are. Uh, you know, catch up again, chew the fat, wag the chin. Exactly. Do the other stuff, all, mm. all the other sort of, you know, ways in which people refer to talking to one another. Exactly. All but, just talking. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, thanks to everyone for listening. Again, like and subscribe and follow us on Instagram at uh, Sabalira, or that's S-A-B-A-H dot L-I-R-A. Um, and again, yeah, we welcome all your, all your feedback. Um, Thank you for listening and uh, hopefully we'll remain friends. Till next time. Indeed. Thank you.